There's other boats with him that are going through the same story. But he says, we're going to get to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat. That's kind of the point when you start getting nervous. When you have to bail, there's a problem, right? So they're starting to get nervous so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Now, do you know what that means? Neither do I. I really don't know. That's a pretty good detail. The only thing that I've really been able to get from that, and there's probably something else, maybe somebody else much smarter than me would, would have that, but you know what this means is that Mark is getting this from a first-hand account. It means that Mark is getting this story from someone that was there. The, the mark is this, is, this is, somebody's given a detailed story. They're saying, pay attention that these things, that this, is a, this, is, this has happened and it's how it's happened. That he's giving these details. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. That was a, kind of the, the spot for, if there were a VIP on the boat, this is where he would get, or she. And he was sleeping on a cushion. Jesus needs to rest. There's a whole other sermon in that. But if Jesus needs to rest, we need to rest too. The disciples woke him. Would you have liked that job? <laughs> they pulled lots. They said, okay, you get to go. You're the, you get to go wake Jesus up, right? Who's, who likes to be the one that you get to go wake dad up, right? You're, you're going to be the one to go give dad some bad news. You, we need your help, dad. You've got to get up. You're resting. We know like it, but you've got to get up. So whoever that one gets to be gets to be the one that goes and wakes him up. They woke him and said to him, teacher, this is one of the most powerful little messages within this scripture that, that, I, that I see. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now, when's the last time that you asked Jesus if he cared? Now, if we're being honest, it's probably a little more recent or a little more often than we, we like to think, right? We love to think we have a trust that, that is just ready to withstand whatever storm is in front of us. But too often we get to this place where we say, Jesus, are you real? Our doubt may come out. Jesus, do you even care what is going on? Jesus, all this is going on to me. And Jesus, I thought you said you love me. I thought you said you care. I thought that I wouldn't have these storms. There's a questioning here. Now see, if we wanted to jump to the end, this is the whole reason that Jesus came. Was because what? He cared. The whole reason that he even came to this place is especially, exactly, definitively because he cares and he loves us. So even though we ask the question, we know the answer. Hopefully, we know the answer to that question. See, storms come and they're, they're, they're sudden in our lives. We've We've had storms in our lives, right? There's new and different ones, but we're seasoned veterans. We're fishermen. We've been there. We know that the, the wind comes across there. We should be more prepared than we probably are. We should probably be able to trust quicker in what he does. But see, he said that we're going to go to the other side. We miss sometimes what Jesus is taking us into by just the small part of what we have to go through. See, the word, if there was a word of the day, if there was a word for this passage, is panic. Now, I know none of you have ever panicked before, but the disciples here were panicking. 
And they, they just, panic is something that's a lack of trust. It's a lack of understanding. To me, it's a short-sighted that you haven't, you haven't had the time to take a step back and think about things and to say, you know what? Jesus did say we're going to the other side. Jesus is right here with me. Jesus has control and authority. We've seen what he has already done. We know what he can do. Okay, that was a bad reaction, but I'm going to trust in him. There's this panic. But they hadn't got to that point yet. They said, do you even care? Now, all of our relationships sometimes get to that point. Have you, a spouse has ever said, you know, do you even care about me? Well, that's kind of a dumb question, isn't it? They say there's no dumb questions. That is one. We give it anyway. We believe it maybe in the moment. But no, we know that we know that we know that they care. They didn't marry us for no reason. They didn't marry us for that. We know that they care. We know that Jesus cares for us. He was about to ultimately and definitively answer that in the, affirm in the affirmative on the cross. For us, it has been answered. But these winds, th there's some language here and if you go back to some other stories you see it in Job and you certainly see it in the creation story that, that there's this chaos that there's this whirlwind that is around us and we see the beginning God spoke and it's brought together God speaks and order comes out of chaos God speaks and storms are brought down God speaks and seas are parted we have a God that has that much authority that much power the part that i think we forget is that that same jesus is with us we so often try to call upon him jesus we, we say jesus it's and even jesus says here it's not a lack of faith why are you so afraid do you still have no faith in some translations where is your faith it's not that you don't have it he knows they have it but it's like where you need to fight you need to pull and draw from it bring it bring it to the surface so much so our faith sometimes is not as on the surface as our other reactions but our faith should be the more that we are maturing in him the more that we have found that we can trust and rely on him the easier and the quicker that that deep faith comes he says where is your faith I'm going to turn, take a turn here real quick. Now, I'm a product of the 80s. Well, really, I guess a product of the 70s. But my, the part that I start to remember is more in the 80s. Who remembers a little TV show called The A-Team? Yeah. Okay. Most of us that, that have lived in there really got that. If you're younger and you've never seen it, we probably thought it was a lot better than it really was. Okay, I've seen some reruns. It really isn't that great of a show. The act, not good. But the whole premise of this is you've got these really great warriors of people that will come. You've got, you know, Mr. T comes in. And whenever you're in trouble, when you really, when you get to the trouble that you can't take care of yourself anymore, when you get to the trouble that you can't rely on local authorities to take care of because they're part of the problem, you call in who? The A-team, right? You call in them, that they are somewhere forward. And too often, I think our theology has been formed in much more that capacity. That when our storms come, we have to call, we have to go wake up, we have to bring in the A-team that is Jesus Christ. The, 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 he, who we call only in our, our last resort, do we bring the big dog in, right? 
That's missing how God wants to live with us. That is missing how he wants to deal with storms. You see, he's already there. Is he with you or is he not? Is his spirit dwell within you? Is he in your heart or not? The answer is he is, right? Now, if we're just looking at the surface part of this, we love that thought. If a storm comes, Jesus is there, he takes care of it. But if we're really looking at this passage, I think it turns that around a little bit. And, and the key of this passage, I believe, that too often we think that our storm is either this, just this fallen world, which it can be, or it's our disobedience and our decisions, and now we've got to come in to get corrected by Jesus and have him fix it. But I think if our theology is correct, most of our storms are actually encountered by being in obedience with Christ. You see, they were in obedience here. They said, let's go. He said, we're going to go over here, jump in the boat. They got in the boat. They're with him in this storm. He says, guess what? We're going to go through a storm so we can get to the other side, so we can spread the message that I'm about to do for these people. I am the Messiah. There are people over there that have not heard this. There are people there that don't even realize they can be grafted in. There are people over there that we need to go reach so that their souls may be saved. We're going to go over there. Are you with me? And one by one, they jump in this boat. Jesus, okay, we're on the way. I'm going to go here. I'm just going to take a nap. You know what? If we're in the boat with Jesus, doing what Jesus has called us to do, storms are still going to come. We're in the storms because we're in obedience not because we're being disciplined by him. We're in the storms because that's what it takes sometimes to accomplish the mission of Jesus Christ in this world. But we need not fear. We need not be scared or terrified because the wind and the waves, they obey him. That his word is enough to calm. All he has to do is come out and it's important that the storm immediately stops at the word of him. Because if it would have taken, you know, a couple hours later, well, the storm just died down. Jesus didn't really do anything. It's important that we have these details so we know that it's a firsthand account from this, that they've gotten this. That it's somebody that was there and said, you know what, think about all these. This is how it was. Man, he was right there. He was right there. His head was on a cushion. He's just sleeping away. All this comes because he's not scared because he is who he is. He is the great I am. He is the one that can call out into existence our very being. He's the one that can call out the chaos of this to bring into land everything, sea, everything, the birds, the fish, everything, the stars, everything. He speaks into existence. He is already in your bow. We can come, and we don't have to fear, but we should expect. But when it comes, we call upon his name. He's right there. We don't have to run to a different place to, to bring him back. We don't have to call the A-team in and hope they come. We have him in us, living in us. But what mission are we going for? Do we see the value that we are crossing through these things? I want to be in his boat. 
I want to be in obedience with Him. See, so often we think about just assurance, confidence, assurance as being in our salvation. We certainly have plenty of scriptures for that, that we are confident in who He is, what He's done, what He's going to do, and the salvation that we have in Him. That is, as they say, a settled issue for us. But His power, His control is also a settled issue. His ability to bring us out and calm a storm is a settled issue. We have assurance in our storms of what He is capable of. And we don't have to call on He is already there. That brings what? Calm. That brings peace. That brings still. He is still speaking those words into this world so that we too may have a peace that surpasses all understanding. It is a settled issue. His love is a settled issue. Man, when we go through those storms, now I'm not going to expect you to say, because there's some good scripture. Woohoo, I'm so glad I'm going through this. This is wonderful. This is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I just, I wanted to deal with cancer in my life, right? I wanted to deal with death in my life. I wanted to deal with divorce in my life. I wanted to deal with addiction in my life. Woohoo, I love that. That's right. That's great. We get excited. No, we're not expecting that. But in those storms, do you truly believe He is already with you? He can bring you through. There are natural things. He's not causing those. He allows those to happen. But I'm telling you, that's not. He is not coming just to stop that storm within you. And sometimes that storm is within you, right? Sometimes that storm is not even on the outside. It's what's going on within us that he can still speak to that and say, calm, be still. That he brings us through, but it's for purpose. Where is he going? Where is he taking us? If he is with us, we have to give him control of the ship. There's a sermon a lot of times, I can't remember who did it, that talks about the pilot that we must give over, the the controls that we must allow Jesus to be the pilot. Well, it's really true. Where are we going? Are we going where he is going? And for his purpose, our own. If we focus on where he is taking us, the journey becomes more peaceful. The journey becomes more controlled. The journey becomes a little less scary. The journey, even in the storms, is just going to be part of this story of how we get there. And we know that we know that we know we will get there because Jesus is in our boat. And he has called us. Obedience is where that begins. When he says get in the boat, get in the boat. You don't want to be in somebody else's boat, right? wrap up, I'm going to invite the musicians to come up. We know that there are storms raging right now. We know there are storms raging on the outside of some of us in the situations that we're in. We know that we have storms within us, but we have a God that is absolutely already there. You don't have to say, Jesus, will you join me? Jesus, come and save me. He is already, we have an assurance of that, and we have a knowledge that he is able to, with the very words, the very breath that spoke us into existence, say, be calm, be still, and this broken world will obey his word. That's his word.
Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We pray that you just continue to speak to us through your word. Let us be changed every time we read it. Let us be changed into your likeness. Let us be changed and molded into your likeness, Lord. We pray that our hearts and our minds are continually softened towards the things of you, Lord. We pray that our mission to go into this world, our mission to bring about your redemptive plan for this world, to bring salvation to those that would allow themselves, Lord, to be given over to you, Lord, that you have so much more for us, that your free gift, Lord, that costs so much for you is in our lives, Lord. Let us be forever changed by what you have done for us, Lord. Let us take seriously and never take for granted what you have done, Lord, but we know that you are a God that is in the now, in the storms with us, Lord. We will make it. We will get through. We will get through to the other side so that we can accomplish your mission for your glory and not our own. You are enough you are capable. You are love. Let us end today with the thought that we never have to ask the question, Jesus, do you even care? Because definitively, finally, ultimately, he answered that question on a cross that he went to, that he took on and bore our sins, our shame that he would be tortured and even taken to death, that he would have victory over that death in our lives, that he would come about, that he would gain again life so that we may too gain new life in him. The answer is yes. The answer is yes, he cares. Yes, he loves. Yes, he is there already in our storm. And today we say thank you. We say thank you and amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? Would you sing? Our altars are always open if you want to go to him for anything. If you want someone else to pray with you, tap somebody on the shoulder. I'm sure you know somebody would pray with you. If you don't have somebody tap on my shoulder, I will pray with you because he has called us to be there for one another, to be the church for one another. He is good. He is good. He is worthy. Let us sing. Can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring. But I know here in Is the place where you promised to be. I'm not enough unless you come. Will you be?
You haven't in, if you haven't invited Jesus into that boat, I'll tell you, he wants to come. He wants to be there. You are not in this alone. If you take nothing else today, you are not in this alone. And the one that spoke us into existence is there with you and is able. If you do not have that relationship with him, don't leave t today. Grab me before you go. It doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter when. Don't wait another day without accepting him. Without believing, repenting, and knowing that he, what he has done is real, and it is real for you. For you, he did these things. Should you close? Father, this, this morning, we are just grateful, Lord. We are so grateful to be gathered together in your name. Lord, we thank you for uh, just meeting us here again. As we have drawn, you have been faithful again today to draw near to us. Thank you, Father, for sending your son, Jesus, to set an example for us, Lord, and just is just to show us and remind us through the word this morning that you are with us, Lord, in the storms, in the valleys, in the tough times. You never leave us. You are a faithful and true and loving God this morning, Lord. And you provide what we need every day, Lord. Help us not to get ahead of you, but to realize that in this day, you are with us. You care about us and you are working in our lives for your good, for your glory. And thank you for sending Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to just be so real and powerful among us. You have truly dwelt among us, but Lord, we don't leave you here. Lord, you go in us and you lead us. And God, as we heard this morning, we want to walk in obedience to you, Lord. You know the plans you have for us. We want those plans, Lord Jesus, to be fulfilled in our lives, in our family, in our church. We want to see others come to know you. So help us, Lord, to live a life of obedience, we pray. We love you and praise you again for this time together. And just tell you, Jesus, that we trust in you. In Jesus' name.